Looking for a Bible to encourage the girl in your life? The NIV Kingdom Girls Bible is a beautiful new Bible that will inspire girls ages 8 to 12. It contains 400 features and colorful illustrations and highlights famous and sometimes infamous women of the Bible. Special notes will encourage girls to apply Bible passages to their lives through prayer, art, and activities. Go to NIVKingdomGirlsBible.com for a free sample and to learn more about this amazing Bible. Visit NIVKingdomGirlsBible.com today. This is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Welcome to the Vintage Homeschool Mom Show. Your host, Felice Gerwitz, is an author, a publisher, and your radio show host. She will encourage, educate, and inspire you with answers to your most pressing questions from homeschool, marriage, parenting, and much more. Felice loves to equip moms to live a Christian life because every moment counts. Be sure to visit her website at MediaAngels.com. And here's your host, Felice Gerwitz. Well, hey, everyone, and welcome. My name is Felice Gerwitz, and today I have a special treat for you. We are going to talk about being frugal, but there is more. We are going to discuss why being frugal is not enough. And this is uh, not something I would probably come to you with myself since I am uh, you know, not the best person when it comes to personal finance. So I'm excited to learn from today's guest. And today's guest is Charla McKinley. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I love being here. Well, I'm excited. And, um, you know, first of all, tell us where we can find you. What is your website? Yeah. So my company is called Beyond Personal Finance. So you can find me at beyondpersonalfinance.com. And uh, the first thing you will be a pop up on following me. And that is just only once a week, I send an email um, giving you know tips and tricks on raising responsible and uh, ready kids. So you can follow me that way. And then just take a look at the website and you can see the Beyond Personal Finance curriculum. Wonderful. That's so exciting. And tell us a little bit about yourself and your family. How did you get into finance? Yes. Well, um, I am a mom and a wife. I've got two kids. My son is 21 years old. He is studying at Purdue in Indiana. I'm wow, in North that's Carolina, great. so he's kind of <laughs> far away. Yeah. And my daughter is 16 years old. So they're both juniors, but one is a junior in high school and my son is a junior in college. And, you know, I have, uh, I, I love, so my degree is in finance, but my, my real passion is, um, being able to help people take their resources and leverage those for the life that they, uh, want to live. So that's kind of where I fall on the finance thing. I'm not so much in corporate finance. I've done it. Um, I love to do tax returns, but that was oh kind of gosh. with my family. I love it. But, you know, you really I know, it, I know enough to be dangerous. And yeah. I, my CPA, I actually have a cell phone number, so I can text him on occasion. That's right. Um, but, and that's, uh, you know, that's it. I mean, yeah. CPAs, they're really on call from January to April. And I just, that wasn't 
where I wanted to be with my young family. Sure, so right. I kind of left all of that and um, I've landed here. So wonderful. That's exciting. And I, I think people will enjoy your website. It's very colorful and engaging and there's a lot, there's a lot on there. And so that is so great. Well, today we're going to talk about money, but typically teens have a different idea than mm -hmm. we do as parents um, and even younger kids. Um, I went on vacation recently with my husband to see the fall leaves. Okay. We're in Florida. We don't have fall leaves changing. Uh -huh. I loved it. By the way, we went to North Georgia and it was really beautiful. We were there peak season and um, my, I took the two granddaughters and one's uh, like 14 months or 15 months older than the other. And she was all about her budget app. And so poor Sam spent even $10. It was like, Oh, I'll help you put that in there. Cause she knows her sister is not going to put it in the app and I'll uh -huh. help you set it up. And it's really fun. And she just like naturally gravitates to that. I have um, three, let's see one, two. Yeah. Three of my children are very frugal. Like, uh -huh just unbelievably, you know, like my son um, is in the military. He got some crazy cheap pass to ski. And he was so excited that he bought his, um, all of his equipment for less than $200 helmet, all the stuff. And then one of Love his it. friends wants to sell him skis for a hundred bucks. And he's not sure he wants to spend that much money. I'm like a hundred dollars for skis. Have you priced them? And he goes, Oh yeah, I would never spend that. It's just, wow. you know, so they really think about, and it's not that they don't have the money. It's that they don't want to spend it like that. That's right. And so that's really good. But what if you have somebody who is making unwise decisions, you know, and, and what would you say and, and how yeah. would you approach that? Well, you know, that's, that's really where beyond personal finance was born is my son, you know, I'm a spender. And I really have had to, I didn't have any financial training from my mom. She's a single mom. I grew up in apartments and stuff like we didn't have any money. So that's why I couldn't go crazy with money. It's we just didn't have any. Mm -hmm. So then I got into my early twenties and went crazy with money because I finally had it. And I did a lot of damage to, uh, and learned a lot. <laughs> and I didn't want that for my son. So I noticed that he, every dollar he had, he spent it immediately. And so I really created a uh, a curriculum to help him learn a little bit better. But one of the, the best ways that they learn is to actually have money in their hands that they can waste and they absolutely will waste it. But I feel like that's part of our job as right, parents. It's a lesson, right? Exactly. Is to let them, my son spent $200 on some tennis shoes, some white tennis shoes, and I did not want him to do it. And he knew I didn't, but it was the money that I was letting him have. It wasn't his money, but I gave him an, you know, a budget for clothes. He spent more than he should have on the shoes. And within a month, he was outside mowing the lawn in those white shoes. And I was losing it. But he learned because, you know, he didn't get shoes again for an, a year because that was kind of the deal. He spent too much. He couldn't get a replacement shoes. He's running around with green shoes. And that lesson, as painful as it was for me to let him experience, really taught him. I had not seen him buy a pair of shoes for more than $85 since. And that was back, you know, six or seven years ago. He mm -hmm. just 
He had to learn because my daughter is, is just naturally frugal, but my son is not. And those, those guys, they have to see it themselves. They have to see the waste and feel that regret. Right. And I think that's just, you know, if you're listening to this and finance isn't even your thing, but um, it's such an important lesson because that's what my husband always said to me, because I have a really hard time letting my child fail. And he said, if they fail at home in a safe environment while they're here with us, then we can help and mentor them out of that situation. And, um, and, and that's so important. And, you know, whether it's a parenting um, parenting advice or, um, cause like my daughter, um, earned, earned the right of not getting to spend the night any, at any friend's house for one year. Uh-huh. And I had to stick to that. And that was really hard for me. Um, it was hard for her, but not only that, it was a life lesson, you know, like they say, well, you know, it wasn't even anything that she did that bad to earn that, but it was a moment where I was so upset at a a situation, you know, like, Oh, can we spend the night? Oh, I'm spending the night. No, you're not. And let me tell you what else you're not going to do for one year. And it was just, you know, so it wasn't anything like she had major infraction, but the point is that it taught everyone else, all of her friends and all of the parents, you know, everyone knew the story. And so I always tell my kids, you know, when you do something great, everybody finds out about it. And when you don't, everyone finds out about it, but it's a life lesson because I'm sure your son probably shared that with other people and it helped them learn as well. Oh, for sure. You know, and we, one of he took our Christmas pictures in those green shoes and (laughs) and it's one of my favorite pictures because, you know, it's just, I look at that and that just really represents that moment in time where a lesson, a very valuable lesson. And yes, it was $200 wasted, but you know, I just think about some of, you know, the, the people that, that buy my curriculum, they buy it for their second kid because Mm -hmm. their first kid, they thought they'd just done enough to teach financial, you know, responsibility. And they realized with kid number two, you know, kid number one is out there doing real damage to their credit or, and so, yeah. Well, Just and then, it, you know, I, I was talking to one of my kids one time and they, they made this statement, but if you have more credit cards, it's not as bad because then you don't have all of your debt in one place. And I'm like, it all adds up to the same amount. What part didn't I teach you in addition? Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's so right. I kind of had them sit down and they didn't have multiple credit cards, but that was there. And so when they right. wrote it all down, um, you know, I said, you know, let's just say a hundred dollars on each card, you know, five cards. And it's like, you're still going to, whether it's 500 on one card or a hundred on each. And so you, you know, what you said here is so true that our kids don't think the same way we do. And part of it is experience, but the other part is, um, just how they, they see things, you know, I love to hear kids talk because when you listen to them talk, you can really hear a lot of things that we need to discuss. So that's um, right. That's right. My son, you know, when we sat down to teach him financial literacy, um, we sat down with the, you know, the curriculum that was on the market and it, it was good. You know, I'm writing down, I'm like, Oh yeah, this is great information. And I look over at my son and he is just bored out of his mind. And I look over, I'm like, hey, Jay, what's, you know, what's going on? He's like, mom, 
this is great information, but I mean, this is for poor people. Like I'm not like, I'm going to be an engineer. I'm going to make like $60,000 every year. Why do I need a $5,000 car? You know, and he just, in his mind, I was so thankful for the honesty because once you see how they're thinking, then you can begin to help walk them from point A to point B. And had he right. just not said anything at all and just ignored the lessons, then he would have figured out that $60,000, it is good money, but it isn't rich. And he would have figured that out eventually in much more painful ways right. than buying a $60,000 car. <laughs> exactly. You know, because you think, well, I've got plenty of money because, you know, because right. at 22, that that's a, that's lot, a lot of money. money. Right. But if you don't realize that 30 year old you needs some right. of that 22 year old money, you're in trouble. Right. And so as parents, um, how can we help children understand that money isn't just for spending? Uh, is there a mm -hmm. way you can give some practical tips uh, to help the kids understand this? Yeah. Yes. Uh, I have, I was at a homeschool conference and I was listening to a speaker as you do. And he said something really, really profound about now he was actually uh, talking about life insurance and insurance in general for, for parents. And he had said that people don't save for their future because it's like saving for a stranger. Nobody knows their 70 year old self. So why would they save for it? And in that moment, you know how you just hear something and it wasn't, it, it just hit me that that was my son's problem is he, he didn't want to save for future Jack because he didn't know future Jack. You know, he didn't, he just, he knew that current Jack wanted shoes or wanted video games or whatever it was. And that, those those wants felt really real and the future stuff didn't feel real at all. So what I always do is every single dollar that my children get from generous grandparents, from work, from, from anything, allowance, anything, they put away 70%. And I don't use the term savings. I say, hey, 70% is going to go to future to, we want to know that we get to spend it. Saving is boring, right? So we're like, oh, yes, you will get to spend all that money. You just don't get to spend it all today. And so I would really, you know, have them put away the, the bulk of it, but not like it's going away forever. Like they will have access to it later. And then of mm -hmm. course I would put money in the kids' hands. Um, the more things, instead of you buying things for your kids, the more things you can uh, push off to them. Here is the money I usually, my son, when he was a kid, loved candy, loved it. And so I would say, okay, here's the money. I'm no longer buying you candy. Don't ask. Here's the money I would spend. Now you are in charge of buying your candy. And that way, the money, you know, could be the the disciplinarian. If he had it, he can have the the candy. If he doesn't have it, if you spent too much, then the answer is no. And that way it made me look way more generous. You know, he's like, can I have some candy? Yeah. Well, I don't have any money. Oh, 
well then no, I guess you can't, you know, that way you can say yes. And the money can say no. That's really a good point. Yeah. I love that. I mean, that's how we are as adults, right? I mean, (laughs) there's lots that I want, but the money tells me no, not my mom. So how do they get this money, Charla? Do they get an allowance or are they working or how does that work? Yeah. Well, I would say, yeah, I would say both depending on the age and, you know, Maybe it's just me, but I always got intimidated by the thought of an allowance because to me, I felt like, you know, once you start an allowance, you have to do it from age three to age 18, you know, and that just felt like such a burden. And so I would just say what I love about homeschool is I would just use allowance sort of like a class um, where you can just say this semester, we're going to, you know, practice with money and then give them the money to buy what it is that they would want. So I started with candy and then I, then I gave him more money and I said, okay, from now on, he loves Legos. From now on, I am not buying any, any Legos except for your birthday and Christmas. If you want more, you're going to use this money I'm giving you and budget it out. And if you do a good job with your savings, then you can go and buy yourself some Legos And then he really learned because, you know, he'd spend money on um, he'd spend more money on candy and he it set him back for his Lego plan. So then I kind of cranked it up a little bit with school clothes and, you know, just all along I was taking what I was going to buy anyway and instead giving it to him and letting him buy it. I had friends who did their kids wanted to do a ton of hobbies, ton of extracurriculars. And so they said, hey, you have this much money to spend on extracurriculars. You get to decide how you do it. And if you need equipment or whatever, you're going to need to pick up additional projects to, to fund more stuff. And it really helps them see what it is they value. Because when it's your money, the kids want to do everything and want to have everything. But when it's their money, now they become a little bit more discerning. You know, my son figured out that he didn't love candy as much as he loves Legos. And so he was able to say no to the candy so that he could get that Lego ship faster. Right. And I think that's a good point. And I know that, you know, some parents don't like the idea of allowance because they feel like, well, we're a family. We all need to help out. And um, I always my argument was that um, I'm not going to do anything unless you pay me to do it. You know, um, not so much with family. And I, so I kind of did a split, but I'll I'll share what we did here. But I want to hear what you have to say about that. If someone just says, I don't like, you know, al- giving kids allowances. Right. Well, I, I don't tie allowance and chores together okay. because I feel like I have two reasons um, for I, I do believe that to live in my home, you have to take care of my home. That's just, you know, like no one pays me to do the dishes and no one pays me. So as an adult, I didn't really want to model that. Um, But more importantly, my daughter, who is the saver, there is no amount of money that I could pay her to get her to clean that potty. There's just no way. (laughs) And so now all of a sudden I'm negotiating, hey, will you take $3 for the potty? Four, five? Like I don't, I don't want to have a labor strike. I need the potty. (laughs) It's your responsibility to clean the potty, clean the potty. So I kind of break that apart. I instead, but it also kind of feels weird as parents. Like we, we want them to 
earn money that they're given. There is no such thing as free money. And I very much resonate with that. But instead, I would challenge the parents to look at it a little bit different and see money as a tool in the same way as a soccer ball or a piano or whatever, where you are giving them that tool and letting them practice with hands-on stuff. So I would say, I'm giving you this money. It is your job to manage the money. You you know, like an, an app or a little sheet that says, here's how much I have. And here's, you know, now I'm adding this and I'm subtracting what I spent. So your job with this money is to track it and to spend it on the following items. And that it's almost like a class rather than um, giving them out free money. It's like, I'm, I'm giving you this, but putting yeah. responsibility. So you're giving them also. So it's so funny because that's exactly what we did. They didn't get paid for chores. They, um, they, you know, we have this big house with five kids and, you know, my husband's a builder, so everyone has their own room. So you end up with seven, you know, seven bedrooms and five bathrooms, you know, plus the pool that needs to be cleaned in the yard that we were on two and a half acres. And so, um, you know, lawn service would have been astronomical, you know, and so, so everyone pitched in and everyone helped. But I had, you know, specific things, like you said, um, that was for them to manage their money with. So, so that's really good. And then sometimes, you know, um, it, it really depended on, you know, what the situation was. So for example, um, one of my kids, you know, would, well, two of them actually would always say, is there, is there another job I can do to earn some money? I mean, my grandkids will come and say, and we have, you know, we have these pavers, and um, I won't let my husband spray anything toxic in this house. I'm all about the <laughs> homeopathy and natural remedies. And like he's bringing, you know, the lethal stuff. And I'm like, no, give it to the neighbor. We're not doing that, you know. And he's just like, okay, let's discuss this. So I said, just read the side label. So yeah. we've been married 44 years. The poor man's had to put up with a lot. <laughs> so there's all these pavers that, you know, beautiful steps up to the house and the weeds get into them. And so they use, you know, it's like, um, so the little kids will come and they're like, oh, well, we'll do that. That's fun, grandma. And like, you know, three of them will be done in like half an hour. And my daughter always warns me, like she sets my budget. You can't pay them too much. Cause I'm Uh thinking, oh my gosh, that's like a 10 buck, you know, for each kid. And she's like, no, (laughs) they work 30 minutes, like $2. So I'll I'll ask them, I'll say, is $2. Okay. Oh, that's so great. Gosh, grandma, that's a lot. Cause they're little, you know, so you know, there, so sometimes I would say, yes, you know, I, I, at one point, you know, everything's digital now, I swear, but, um, we would ship a lot of books and nobody wanted to look at those orders and go grab the books off the shelf and pack it, you know, have to build the box and print out the label uh-huh. and have it set for shipping. And it was like, you know, so whenever they asked about the money, I'd say, yeah, here's, you know, we would do it once a week at back in the day when people didn't want it instantly. Um, and so they would do that. And I was so happy to pay for that. So, yeah. you know, it was part of my business. So, you know, rather than paying somebody to come in and take care of all that. So, um, so I think that's wonderful. So you have a list of five money lessons, uh, that teens need to know before they live the, leave the house. So, um, what can you share with us about that? Yeah. So the first one is how to plan your money. So that you will, you'll know what you need and you can, you can, you know, figure out the way to get it. And that's just 
hands-on, you know, um, figure setting a goal, saving up the money, working for it. If you need more that, you know, that, that lesson, it translates so big in adults, in the adult lives, right. Is, you know, there's so many things you have to save up for and you have to have goals and all that. So learning that uh, would be the, you know, something, how to spend your money and keep track of what you spent. You know, I was teaching today um, a, a class of teenagers and we were talking about keeping track of the money and this idea that they would go off to college or in their early 20s and just now figure out how to keep track of their money. That's a lot. The number of transactions that they would have or in the middle of college, learning how to be a college student and track your money. I just... It's better to learn now. I'm with your husband. Let's right. let's learn it now right. when it's small and then it'll translate later. Then where to put your money? You know, it's not what I have seen. Statistics tell us that this generation, um, the millennials are good with saving, but they are very risk averse because these are kids, you know, that were wrapped in bubble bubble tape their whole lives. You know, no one wanted to take risks with these kids. They couldn't go outside and play for fear of being hurt. And so they're very risk averse. So the idea of putting their money anywhere beyond the bank is scary for them. And I, I think maybe now things are changing with inflation being real. But, you know, if you put your money just in the bank, it's going to go backwards. You've yeah. got to get it point, into the market. 0.5% interest exactly. or something. I got like two pennies this month. Yeah, right. <laughs> and it's just not going to be, it's just not going to be enough. Right. So learning how and where to put it is important. Um, how to research and negotiate, you know, figuring out how to get a good deal on what it is that you want, how not to overpay is really important. But again, if kids, if they're, if they're only spending your money, then it doesn't matter to them that right. they get a good deal. You know, it doesn't. But once it's theirs, when when I made my son buy his school supplies and that TI-85 calendar calculator, uh, it's so expensive. He learned how to buy one used because mm -hmm. he saw that he got to keep the money for, you know, the extra for something right. else. So he learned because it became relevant for him. And then how and where to invest your money, you know, so that so that it grows and the difference between, you know, when you put your money away in the stock market, you know, it's not liquid. So banks versus investment places, those kinds of things are, are things that should be talked about. But none of this the kids are going to be interested in, unless they're just kind of normally interested in it. But until it's relevant to them, they're not going to care so much, which is why I created that Beyond Personal Finance curriculum is I really wanted my son, he was patient number one, I wanted <laughs> him to learn and see how adult money works. Because, you know, if, if I just gave him 20 bucks a week, or he earned, you know, 15 bucks an hour, then when he got that first job, $60,000 was going to feel like a fortune. And right. even if he was giving away 10% and saving 20%, he was, he could blow 70% 
Hey, you know, it's no wonder we get a boat when we first, you know, you just have all this excess cash. Right. right. So I wanted him to see that at 22, you've got to put away a lot more because at 32, you're not going to be able to put away as a lot more. Right. So you're going to have to build that. And until he saw it for himself, and that's what this curriculum is all about, is showing them life from age 22 to 42. Wonderful. So that they can see what's coming. Right. And I think that's wonderful. And, and so some of the points you just mentioned, are those part of what your classes are about? And you said you have, so are, is that, is that what your classes have? I'm sure it has a lot more, but just these points would be covered exactly, in yeah. your classes. Yeah. And more importantly, you know, a lot of times um, people will ask me, you know, how much you know, do you cover investing? Do you cover investing? Because everybody's very interested in investing. Mm -hmm. And we as adults know that investing is a way, you know, passive income is great and all that. But more importantly, my curriculum shows them how to have the money, how to make choices so that they have the money to invest. Because you start, if you don't choose a career that allows you to have enough money to buy the things that you think you're going to buy, then you will end up very frustrated and you won't have any money to invest. So I'm just letting them create 20 budgets for 20 years of their adult life to see, given what I want to be and how I want to spend money, will I even have money to invest? And of course, right. we cover how to track the money and, you know, um, the importance of investing. We talk about interest rates. You know, we talk about sort of all these lessons as well. Um, and it, But in, in terms of it being in the future, that way they can see and get used to the size of adult purchases. You know, buying a house is so expensive that if you don't start kind of right away, you're going to be you know, you're going to be in trouble. So you're going to be renting and paying more money for rent than you would for a house because you can't qualify to buy it. So it is. And, you know, and that's that one of the things you said that really impacts um, me on a personal level is that, um, you know, a lot of times moms encourage, you know, we're taught to encourage our kids and to be supportive and everything. But I always say to to moms, I know this sounds so, oh, you're being a feminist here or uh, anti-feminist, but I always say, especially because, you know, I, I always wanted to be this career person until I had my first kid and then I wanted to stay home <laughs> so with my child. Right. So you, 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 your opinions change, believe me. But I always say to parents, especially of boys, make sure that they have uh, this profession where they can afford a family and not have, you know, mom doesn't have to work unless she wants to. I mean, I work from home and now everybody works from home. You know, my brother, my, one of my brothers, um, you know, was like this big wig in an office. And now he's like super thrilled, um, that he's still working from home. And a lot of people enjoy that. So I think that, um, you know, there's a lot that you can do, um, you know, with just exploring, cause you know, with homeschooling, like you said, it's so great, you know, here's some money, we're going to have a curriculum on this. You know, and and so you can do that too with like looking at different professions and what they make, and you will That's be right. very surprised at what exactly. some of them pay, which is not not a lot. And then the trades, um, you know, plumber, electrician. I mean, have you ever if you have you had a plumber over at the house anytime soon or lately? 
they're just everything is so expensive, you yeah. know, just showing yeah. up is a hundred dollars, you know, never mind doing anything. And so um, you know, there's a lot of of trades that are sometimes overlooked because um, you know, there's a, a big push for school. And that's my other thing too. In the college that you're going to, unless you have a scholarship, are you going to be making enough money to be able to be paying um, you know, forever for this? you know, this wonderful, um, scholar, you know, this, you know, profession and, you know, unless you're, uh, you know, even an attorney, my niece is an attorney and a really good one and very powerful one. She's still paying off college debt over 10 years later. Correct. You know, yeah. and she said, it, she said, it's like a house mortgage. That's what she said. Well, I have them in my class. You, you, you know, you choose a career and then you choose a college if you're going to, you know, go to college. We talk about trade-offs of, of right. both. And if the college you choose, if you need a student loan, I let them take out a student loan. And, you know, I've got a, a, a sort of a parent video and I say to the parents, let them have a student loan because nothing will teach them better than them to see in that budget the line for student loan. I teach it live in Raleigh. And... When that student loan, uh, 10 lessons in gets paid off, these kids are so excited. They're like, oh, oh I'm so glad that student loan's paid off. I, you know, I just know that they, they will be so much wiser with right. an actual student loan because they have seen the impact it has to their right. budget. Right. That's wonderful. Well, thank you, Charla. It has been wonderful having you on. Share that website with us again. Yeah, so the product is Beyond Personal Finance. So you can find it at beyondpersonalfinance.com and you'll you should be able to see everything. Um it's a self-paced 20 lesson uh class that'll take, you know, a semester um to do. So it's a nice elective, but it's uh, a very powerful way to get a truth across that is so important. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for being on. It was great meeting you. Well, thanks for having okay. me. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. And listen, if you want the show notes for today's episode, go to Vintage Homeschool Moms, where you will find the show notes and you will find links to all of Charla's um, websites and social media and look for the topic being frugal is not enough. Thank you so much. And if you like this podcast, share it with a friend and thanks so much for stopping by. God bless. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Vintage Homeschool Mom Show. Visit Felice at MediaAngels.com and the VintageHomeschoolMoms.com. Vintage Homeschool Moms is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network.